0: Welcome to the You're Crazy Professor, But It Might Just Work, amazing podcast. Episode 27, Lick, Spit, Cough. Consumer Terrorism, a new wave of biological warfare in your high street. Over the last few months of the lockdown period, there have been numerous reports of people deliberately licking products and surfaces in supermarkets and filming it. These licking videos are often then posted on social media sites like TikTok, Snapchat or YouTube for all to see. Deliberately licking and coughing on things in this way during a pandemic spreads fear and disgust and along with health risks. This is what's known as consumer terrorism, where dangerous substances are introduced to food or other consumer products that put people's health at risk. Sometimes it's done just for fun and sometimes with criminal intent or even with extortion in mind. And in extreme cases, threats of chemical agents or neurotoxins have been used. The cost of replacing products and deep-cleaning premises is substantial, particularly so for small businesses. An online pranking it may be, but it's still tampering with products and it can carry serious penalties. In the United States, for example, one man was charged with domestic terrorism for allegedly licking products in supermarkets and putting people's health at risk. In most instances, spreading germs and fear in this way is bravado and nihilism, coupled with an alternative form of entertainment. It's a rebellious act against the virtuous clappers and the NHS lovers, with non-conforming teenage dirtbags challenging boomer authority. But such behaviours are not just limited to teenagers, nor has product tampering just come about during this pandemic. Indeed, people have long been tampering with products and food in shops. And the question is, why? Well, the cost of product tampering to supermarkets, corporations and consumers is absolutely huge. The 1982 Tylenol poisoner contaminated batches of the painkiller with potassium cyanide in the greater Chicago area. Seven people died and manufacturers Johnson & Johnson were blackmailed. Removing products from shelves and lost sales revenues went into the millions of dollars. Consumers lost faith in the product of Tylenol and retailers who stopped it. Many customers shopped out of town to buy alternative products from different locations. No one was ever charged or convicted of the Tylenol poisonings, though one New York resident was convicted of the extortion attempt for sending a letter to Johnson & Johnson, which took responsibility for the deaths, and in that letter they demanded a financial sum to make them stop, but there was no evidence tying the individual directly to the actual poisoning. In another case in the UK, Rodney Wichello, a former Scotland Yard detective contaminated Heinz baby food jars with glass, pins, caustic soda, and razor blades before replacing them back onto supermarket shelves while attempting to extort millions of pounds from the manufacturer Heinz. In the end, Heinz had to remove over £13 million worth of baby food from supermarket shelves and the panic amongst consumers was huge. Many copycat offences were also then committed by others who were inspired by Wichello's consumer terrorism. We entered an age of defensive re- retail. Since then, tamper-proof and seal packaging was introduced widely after such attacks. But tamper-proof and seal packaging is of little defence against invisible COVID-19 contamination from liquors and coffers in supermarkets. Unless products are to be stored in plastic pouches or out of the reach of all customers in the way that high-end goods or easily pinched goods often are, then they're considered a risk factor for contamination. With the added threat of biotransmission in shops, petrol stations and convenience stores, retail staff may feel some added protection from plexiglass screens that have been put in place within the last few months, acting like oversized sneeze guards. Nighttime economy retail staff may want such protection to stay in place beyond the pandemic as it affords them some added defence from antisocial or aggressive customers. Retail workers being shielded from physical and biological hazards is long overdue, and supermarkets as we know them may undergo some permanent change as a result of COVID-19. It happened to banks and post offices with glass screens and people queuing, and it will probably happen in retail too. The body is an antisocial weapon. Well, for some, the threat of spitting and coughing in the faces of emergency services personnel has become a new weapon. It's a biological weapon that can be used when being arrested and whilst on the back foot feeling angry, humiliated or embarrassed. When people have little power, agency or status in society, they may find they can weaponize their own body. Indeed, the threat of infections has been used by some people to try to stop police from entering their homes or investigating crimes. The uniformed services have long been aware of the hazards of bites or fluids given issues about hepatitis, HIV and TB, but police are also aware of the negative connotations whenever anti-spit hoods are deployed with individuals who may be arrested. Civil liberties organisations are quick to point out the inhumane nature and potential dangers of wearing spit hoods, so it's a double bind for police officers, their own personal risks, or PR if captured on camera. The worry this causes to victims, waiting for test results and the added inconvenience of self-isolating while in limbo, is a nasty aspect of this type of biological attack. Future research into such biological threats will no doubt show the traumatic psychological harm that can also be done but if the police were ever trying to convince the public that anti hoods are acceptable pieces of kit now would be the right time to do it there have been a number of cases in the uk where uniformed but non-authoritarian staff have now also been spat at recent reports of car park attendants being spat at by frustrated motorists who can't get access to a beach and of course, the tragic case of a rail worker in London who was a ticket office worker, Belly Mujinga, age 47, was spat at on the concourse of Victoria train station in March. She was spat at by a man who had an altercation with her, and the man told her that he had COVID-19 and left. Within a couple of days of that spitting incident, uh, both Belly and a colleague fell ill, and unfortunately, Belly died. The individual who fat was interviewed by the police, but of course, nothing could legally be proved. But this cavalier attitude to spitting on people is is a new low, a new level for altercations in the UK. And unfortunately, while people feel under the cosh and under the thumb of the lockdown, we're probably going to see many more attacks being generalised to those who people believe have authority over them. You've been listening to the You're a Crazy Professor But it Might Just Work amazing podcast. Um, I this has been useful. I um, hope it's been informative.